Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 26, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I went and saw a production of Dreamgirls last week, and oh. I haven't talked about it, but I just okay. to, it's the first time I've ever seen the stage version of, of Dreamgirls. And I gotta Ooh. tell you, like... I know it's a tough show to get like the right voices for because it is like a historically monumental sing. Correct. But how this show is not just done at every regional theater in the country, I, I don't know. How, well, how am I as old <laughs> as I am? Well, I know obviously yeah. that's the reason. But I mean, like, I'm 42 years old. I've seen hundreds and Happy hundreds birthday. and hundreds of shows. It was a, a month ago, a month yeah. ago today. Literally, actually. yeah, uh, yeah. But, like, how have I never just, like, been in a place where they've done this show? I mean, obviously, the answer is because we don't do enough shows about black people. Mm-hmm. But That's the reason. But, I mean, like, I've lived I've lived in the South for, including in Atlanta, for, which has a huge uh, yeah. black arts population. So, it's just, like, I, I'm, it's crazy to me that it's taken me long to see this, so long to see this show because it really was great. It was a really, oh, really good. good show with really fantastic talent. Love that. I have yet to see a production myself, but I grew up in Whitestown, USA. Um, so that's not particularly surprising. But you're right, especially in Atlanta, and especially it's not like Atlanta is missing a breadth no. and depth of talent. Yeah, or or black arts. Uh, yeah, it's a, of huge, it's a huge black arts scene. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, Wild. You know, either, either way, glad I saw it. Glad you saw it now, uh, exactly. Glad, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Don't forget, if you head over to our show notes, we have a survey that we are currently doing through the end of this week, asking you all about the types of things you want to hear more of here on Broadway Radio, the things you want to hear less of, asking questions about Patreon, all of that stuff. (laughs) That's not one of the questions. (laughs) Although we do have a question about whether or not people want to hear a show about Sondheim that you you were interested in doing. I've gotten some texts. Yeah. Yeah, so we will we will see all about that. Um, but please fill that out. We would really, really appreciate all of the insight and information that you have to provide. All right, let's get into the news, Ashley. And the biggest news is something we already knew, but it officially uh, took effect on Monday night, or at least that's when it was reported. Um, the deal between Ju Jamson and the Ambassador Theater Group has been finalized. And essentially what is happening, happening is we talked about when this was announced earlier this year that it was a basically a merger of the companies. And how this actually worked mm-hmm. was that Ju Jamson Theaters sold 93% of its five Broadway houses to ATG. Um, they valued those at $308 million. So if you do the quick back of the napkin math, they made about what, 270 something million dollars. Uh, so congratulations on that. But what this deal then does means that it erased $203 million in debt that Ju Jamson had. Oh, so it's, nice. it, it, it sounds like. Does ATG want to buy me too, or I know, <laughs> or at least your your the the, the houses that you own on Broadway? Um, <laughs> it sounds like it, it sounds like Jordan Lo- Jordan Roth sold these and made three hundred million dollars a month. It's not that's not exactly true. When we originally talked about this, the New York Times reported that Roth would become the creative director of this newly combined company, and he would be the largest individual shareholder. We don't have any confirmation that that is how this actually worked, but it is believed that this is the same deal that was originally reported. So, mm, Jujamson okay. sold the theaters. But ATG is kind of forming a new company around this, or it's a combined company. It's more of an acquisition or a merger than it is an acquisition. Um, but yeah. 
Jujamson also owns a 7% stake in the two Broadway theaters and the Brooklyn theater that Ambassador owns, which is a combined $98 million uh, for the value of those. So it's a, it, it is much more of a merger a than it merger. is a yeah. sale. Yeah. Um, keep in mind the five theaters that Jujamson owned and now belong to ATG are the Hirschfeld, which is where Moulin Rouge is, the August Wilson, where Funny Girl currently is and Cabaret is is going into, then the Eugene O'Neill, where the Book of Mormon is, uh, the St. James, which New York, New York is in for like mm-hmm. four more days, and then and who knows what's going in. in there. Yeah. I, I – um, our good friend Josh Israel sent me a, a DM about this, and the timing really lines up, and I think this very well could be it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where Tommy goes. And the reason for Ooh. that is Tommy is running through the first week of August at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. As I said on the original show, uh, on the original episode of Broadway Radio, when they announced that this closing was happening for New York, New York, I was like, well, they clearly want to wait a minute to see. Uh, so they don't make an announcement for what show is coming in until after New York, New York is closed. So it'll probably be mid-August by the time they announce this, or at least the first week of August. If Tommy closes on like August 7th or whatever that day is, um, the following week or even at closing from the, you know, from the curtain call speech, maybe they announced that they're coming to Broadway. The show originally played the St. James Theater during That's its initial run on Broadway say. in 1993. Yeah. So it makes sense that th- that could be good what fit. happens, uh, there. Uh, and then of course also they own the Walter Kerr where Hades Town currently is as well. Um, ATG's theaters on Broadway are the Lyric, which is where Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is. Hudson, where Merrily will soon be just for us is currently. Uh, um, yeah. and, and, uh, that's, so that's seven theaters for that company. It is starting it's to make a little bit more. Yeah. And it's a good group of theaters. So I don't know that this really changes anything. We talked about this when it was first announced, actually. Like, I don't know if artistically sure. this changes anything. Um, although maybe there's a little bit more of a London to New York. New York pipeline because that's, of ATG's yeah. stuff, but that's about all I can think of, really. And that's really all we kind of talked about when we heard about it in the first place, that it would make a lot more sense that we would see more of these London to Broadway transfers. I mean, we're already getting so many, so it doesn't seem like that's hugely possible, but I certainly welcome it. So interesting, very interesting. Um, we'll be curious and excited to see what this entails, though I never really like having like, what, four groups control everything that happens in a certain industry, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not even four at this point. I mean, there's, it's like, you got the Schubert's, the Nieder, yeah, you got the Schubert's, you got the Nederlanders. Now you have ATG, of course, Circle in the Square owns its own theater. You've got Roundabout with a couple. You've got Second Stage. Um, and then you've got Disney, even though Disney, uh, the new Amsterdam is technically owned by New York City and Disney has a 100 year lease. So there are these little ones, but like the three main ones are now Schubert's, the Nederlanders and ATG slash Jujamps and whatever if they change the name or not. So, yeah, kind of crazy. All right. Unfortunately, uh, I think earlier this week, uh, Grace and I talked about on Monday's episode the fact that Tony winner Carlin Glenn, who was the original Miss Mona and won a Tony Award for the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, passed away. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the passing of another original star of that show, Pamela Blair. 
while she was <laughs> originally in the cast of uh, of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, she played the role of Amber, which was eventually turned into the role of Angel. She is most well known for originating the role of, of Valerie in a chorus line that is the uh, dance 10 looks three tits and ass mm-hmm. role. Tits and ass. Um, as we all know, so much of that show was cultivated by Michael Bennett talking to these dancers and actors and creating characters for them based on their stories. Much of Valerie's story was her own life. However, the plastic surgery augmentations were not part of her life. Um, that actually was borrowed from uh, original company member from Seesaw, Mitzi Hamilton. Uh, and Pamela Blair also was in the original cast of Seesaw as well. She had quite mm-hmm. an extensive theatrical career. Her first Broadway production was as a replacement in Promises, Promises. She went on to also be in the company of Sugar, eventually taking over the role of Sugar on Broadway. Then in Seesaw, she was in Of Mice and Men on Broadway, and then came to a chorus line, eventually went to A Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, did The Nerd on Broadway, and actually her final Broadway mm-hmm. performance was as a replacement in A Few Good Men, playing Commander Joanne Galloway, the role that Demi Moore played in the film adaptation. She also played Hedy LaRue in the national tour of uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying from that 1996 production, um, you know, from Broadway. So a mm-hmm. great career, somebody who made an great. indelible yeah. mark on on that show, on A Chorus Line, and then conversely also on theater as a whole because that show really revolutionized what we think of uh as what musicals could do so um sad to hear about her passing especially two people from the original cast of of whorehouse but our thoughts go out to everybody who knew her all right let's dive into last week's broadway grosses in total, we did see about a 2% increase on Broadway, about $700,000-ish, to come in at $31,520,593. Attendance increased just a smidge to 257,204 people. Average ticket price, $122.55. Um, overall, we had three shows that closed last week. I want to call out their um, their totals. First, we had Camelot, which came in at $780,456. It saw an almost $190,000 increase over the previous week. Life of Pi also closed on a strong note, picking up $75,000 from the previous week to come in at just over $585,000. And then Peter Pan Goes Wrong also did fairly well, going up $102K to come in at $55,000 as well. Um, overall, at the top of the list, unsurprisingly, was The Lion King at $2,469,996, followed by Wicked at 1.9, Hamilton at 1.89, Sweeney Todd, seven performances, at 1.8, and then MJ at 1.6. The rest of the shows in the seven-figure club in descending order are Aladdin, Cursed Child, Back to the Future, still mm. in previews, at $1.376 million, then Funny Girl, Parade, which, uh, actually, uh, had, had set a, a, a record House at record, the Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. So that's very exciting. Then Anne Juliet, Moulin Rouge, and then just on the outside are Book of Mormon and Six. The Cottage opened last week. It only had seven performances and had all of the tickets, uh, cottage it, uh opened, opened just tonight. Opened this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on, on Monday. Check night, out but that had, review recap episode around. Yeah, up, whatever the hell you call yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but had comps in over the weekend is what I was trying to say. Had the opening stuff um, happen over the weekend, but it still came in at $292,887, which at the tiny Helen Hayes Theater with just seven performances isn't too bad, especially when you look at the fact that it had a 94.3% attendance. All right, Ashley, let's get into some show and casting news. The first bit of news is we finally got official dates for the world premiere and the Broadway premiere of Yaya's African Hair Braiding, which is coming to Broadway thanks to the Manhattan Theater Club later this year. We knew it was coming in the fall. We just didn't know exactly when. Yesterday, it was confirmed that it will play the Samuel J. Friedman Theater beginning on September 12th with an opening night on October 3rd. Uh, And what's really great about this is I would always kill to see LaShawns on stage, but she is now becoming a huge heavyweight producer on Broadway. I believe she won two Tony Awards just last month. Yeah. One for Kimberly Akimbo, one for um uh for Top Dog Underdog. So she is now a producer on this show along with Taraji P. Henson as Ooh. well. Um and Madison Wells Live, which is a uh, production company. So very exciting about that. The cast will be announced fairly soon because I'd have to imagine rehearsals start in a couple of weeks. So hopefully we'll hear that in the coming weeks, but at the absolute latest around the 11th or 12th of August uh, when rehearsals start. So very fun. This play is written by Jocelyn Bio, who is Mm -hmm. one of the great playwrights working today and is being directed by Whitney White, who directed our dear dead drug, our dear dead drug Lord off Broadway, which is just a fantastic show. Absolutely. I do think we already had the dates for this, actually, I will say, because I did just open my theater spreadsheet, which I completely revamped last week. And the dates for previews and opening are already in. So maybe we already had dates and they were not publicized, but were in like Playbill's database. But yeah, good to know either way. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations to LaShawns and Taraji who uh, are uh, part of that team yes, anyway. Please. But yeah, I have not seen any press releases about that come out because I had it as just fall. Um, so fall good to know that those are now officially out. Yep. Uh, all right. So the Classic Stage Company announced the rest of the cast for its upcoming off-Broadway revival of I Can Get It For You Wholesale. Joining the show... One of the best, one of these up and coming stars that has just been doing incredible work off Broadway and in uh, the notebook out in Chicago. And people, a lot of people are hoping that she will continue with the show if and when it comes to Broadway. That is Joy Woods. She has joined the cast along with Victor DePaulo Roca and Darren Hayes. This show will begin performances on October 10th and is currently scheduled to run through December 3rd. If I had to guess, I think this thing will end up running into January. This is Likely. a revival of a show that very rarely gets done, featuring music and lyrics by Harold Rome and a book by Jerome Weidman. The rest of the cast that they are joining is absolutely fantastic. Bananas. Adam Chandler Barat, Eddie Cooper, Santino Fontana, Julia Lester, Adam Gruper, Greg Hildreth, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Judy Kuhn, Sarah Steele, and more. Really, really exciting cast. Guess who already has tickets? This guy. Well, didn't, I was going to say, guy. did you already have tickets that you couldn't do the same day because you got Here We Are yes, or something I that day? Him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I moved him. I moved him. You work fast. Don't worry. I, yeah. Well, I'm I trust, I, I trust you, but yeah, you know, you're coming to New York every month, so you'll get in that's somehow. Not true. I've only been there once this year already. Um, no, I, because I wanted to make sure I got tickets to this when I wanted to go, I did do like the cheap 
subscription to classic stage company so when you have when you're a member they let you move dates around and stuff pretty easily so all i had to do was email and they changed it for me so yeah very excited about that uh, all right. In other news, this is very exciting as well. If you were somebody who watched uh, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or just Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the CW, its creator and star Rachel Bloom is bringing a one-person show to New York this fall. Yes. It'll open off-Broadway at the Lucille Lortel Theater. It is it is called Rachel Bloom, Death, Let Me Do My Show. It is directed <laughs> by Seth Barish, who is one of uh, our own Grace Aki's mentors. She has worked with him quite a bit in the past. The show will Ooh. begin performances uh, on September 6th, and it is currently only scheduled to run for four weeks through September 30th. I'm hoping that it extends because I would love to see it when I'm in town in October. The, mm, the, 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 disc- yeah, I've got, I, uh, no, no, I can't do September. That's in the middle of football season. I don't have time for that. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, my mistake. Yeah, it's too much going on. Um, so the the show is is described this way. Rachel Bloom's new show is filled with raunchy and escapist material that will in no way explore the pandemic and all the tumultuous events that ensued in her personal life. Great. Nothing will stop Rachel Same. from partying like it's 2019. Of course, one of the things that uh, as soon as I saw the word death in the title, the first thing that came to mind was the fact that her crazy ex-girlfriend uh, co-writer Ooh, and songwriter yeah. Adam Schlesinger died very early in the mm-hmm. pandemic in 2020. So I have no doubt that that'll be a big part of what she talks about in the show. All right, going over to the Irish Repertory Theater, they're getting ready to celebrate their 35th anniversary season, and they are go- doing what is called the Freel Project. They will feature three different plays written by Irish playwright Brian Freel, as well as selected concert readings with additional events, as well as uh, gallery exhibits throughout the year. The three shows will be translations directed by Tony winner Doug Hughes. It'll begin performances on October 20th and will run through December 3rd. All right, going over to 2024, they will do Aristocrats, which will be directed by artistic director Charlotte Moore. It'll run January 11th through March 3rd. And then rounding out the shows will be Philadelphia Here I Come, directed by Kieran O'Reilly. That'll run uh, starting on March 20- March 14th with opening on March 24th. They don't give an exact closing date for that one yet, but you can get more information in the show notes. And then finally, in an interview with Variety, Tony Bennett's son, Danny, revealed that a documentary called The Lady and the Legend is currently being finished and will end up on Paramount Plus this September that chronicles the 10-year relationship between Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, mm. culminating in their 2021 performance at Radio City Music Hall. Um, obviously, with his passing uh, this past week, so many people are talking about him and his legacy and... Yeah his working relationship with Lady Gaga. So this will be a very cool thing, Ashley, to be able to watch this documentary. Absolutely. I mean, every single time the video comes up of them, especially where Lady Gaga is talking to Anderson Cooper, and I I assume it was a 60 Minutes piece, I can't even remember, Um, but just talking about how he hadn't said her name in so long and cried it out on stage. Every time I see that clip, it makes me cry. So I'm sure I'll be weeping the entire documentary. Yeah, absolutely. That's what documentaries are for. Naturally. And every other thing that I watch on television, apparently. Yeah, totally, totally the same. All right, let's wrap up with some feel-good recommendations. I have for you the first look at the Broadway production, both in photo and video, of Back to the Future, the musical. The -hmm. show will open next Thursday, August 3rd, at the Winter Garden Theater. You get the nice highlights of, uh, of this one, and of course... 
features Casey Likes from Almost Famous as Barney McFly, alongside Tony winner Roger Bart, who originated the role of of Doc Brown over in London. And Olivier nominee yeah. Hugh Coles is uh, is back playing George McFly, the role he played in London as well. Also in the cast are Jelani Remy, Nathaniel Hickman, Liana Hunt, Merritt uh, Merritt David Jaynes, and Michaela Sakata. So check those out. Look, it's selling well, like we talked about earlier, Ashley. Like it is that doing IP. well. The brand, that brand IP is working. Sweet, it's interesting because IP. Yeah, but not all IP works as musicals. So I think that there has to be something with the nostalgia of this show. Oh, the, totally. Maybe maybe the, the, the goofy you know, slightly tongue in cheek way that they are marketing it. And I, the way I assume the show is, I haven't seen it, obviously. So it seems like they, they've tapped into something that people really seem to dig, whether that is just because, Hey, we love back to the future, the movie and Michael J. Fox, or if there is something else going sure. on, I'm assuming it's some sort of combination of the two. It's definitely a combination. I feel like most people have an attachment to back to the future. Um, and I feel like, regardless of the content of the show writing wise i feel most people have heard that technologically it's bananas so of all the things i'm looking forward to seeing i'm looking forward to seeing that i see it next wednesday matinee i think so we'll find out yeah the car i want to see the car i want to see what they do with the delorean oh totally you know, like that's, that seems like so much fun. I'm seeing that's it on the it. 11th of August. So, um, I just want to see it get up to 88, you know, miles per hour and get all the gigawatts and the flux capacitor and all that Match. stuff. I want to see what they do with that. So Hit me with very it. much looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, threads, and Blue Sky. Got that invite, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not doing anything on almost any platform other than Instagram at this point. But, you but you'll me collect all them all. Right. I'm, they're like Pokemon. Um, so you can follow me at all of those places Mesh. at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. No, this is Ashley. And, you know, begrudgingly at that. Yeah. No, you post more on Instagram than I do. I do. on your stories. On your uh, stories. You're a big story person. I'm a big storyteller. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, it's yeah. a crazy time in my life at the moment. So especially uh, a lot happening. So I've known you like for five years and I feel like every time is a crazy time in your life uh yeah 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 i'm i'm just going with the flow baby yeah that's what you do all right everybody have a wonderful hump day (laughs) and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow